Yeah, yeah. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. We've got an exciting show tonight. One I've been a little nervous about because he made me put half-naked pictures on Facebook. But they speak for themselves, and I'm super happy about where I've come in this journey, and I'm still on it. So without further ado, welcome back, Alex. Dude, thank you so much for having me. And I just want to clarify, I did not make him put half-naked photos on the internet, but He's I was lying. more than happy to organize it yeah. for him. He made the it. photo. Yes, yeah. I did. But no, dude, I'm, I'm really excited to be back. I'm really excited to talk about you. We already talked about me on a, on a podcast episode, and you know, I'm sure we'll chat some more, but I'm excited to hear, hear about your experience working with me. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to dive into all of that today, because this is going to be a jam-packed episode. I've got to fit a lot in for everybody, because for those of you that haven't seen, you're going to be two weeks no podcast, because next week I've got to have an emergency root canal on the day that we would normally do the show. So working out too hard. There's only like a 2% chance that I don't have to have a root canal. So we're going to hang on. I'm hanging on to that 2% right now, but for safety precautions, I'm, I just said, you know what? We're just going to wait till I get back in town after that. Cause I've got a work trip the week after, but without further ado, what's up biz? How are you doing, man? Uh, life is better. Life Last two weeks have been absolutely crazy. Biz, so. biz got a little man escape. Biz yeah. got to go away and like do Ooh, some biz time. Uh, yeah, that, dude, that sounds like a lot of fun. It mm. was kinda, but my time is never my own. So, but I got out of Dallas for a minute, went back home. I hid in a hotel for like three days, mm-hmm. did some work for this, did some work for that, and smoked a lot of cigars. I'm cool. That's and I went to the gym. I went to the gym no, when I'm I was proud there. Of you. I did. We talked did. about that last we time. Talked, yes, yes, I have. I haven't stepped up to the whiskey workout, but I have been, and because of him, I've been on my shit. There we so go. We, we all, good. That's all we can ask. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, happy birthday, brother. Thank you. You had much, a birthday man. the other day. I did. It was uh, yesterday, I, I think. They oh, happy belated. Happy birthday, is my man. mom. My yeah. mom turned, I'm not going to say it, she'll kill me. She's probably listening right now. But <laughs> 29. Yeah, my, mom a, my mom had a big birthday. That's 29. awesome. Yeah, no, I... I I guess we'll, we'll say like I'm 29 years old, which I don't love my age being out there publicly because I think when, when your age starts with a two, no one necessarily takes you seriously because they assume you don't have your shit figured out. And there's elements of my life that I absolutely do not have figured out. But, you know, professionally, I'd like to think I'm, I'm on the right track. Well, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm 43 and you have your shit figured out, dude. And yeah. as bold as it was for me to put a picture of me and my weight loss journey on there. I, I want to commend you for the post you put out there like a week ago. Cause not a lot of people will talk about mental health and put themselves out there. And this cat put out a post, man. It was like, Hey, had some shit going on. Everybody thinks my life is just, you know, you mm-hmm. know, P- coach Alex giving you the motivation and everything else. But like I have shit too. And if you have never seen a therapist, you might consider it because it's helped me a lot. You know, whether it's my personal life, my relationship, my business coaching, stuff like that. So, like, I want to commend you on doing that, man, because that takes some guts to say something like that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think it's important to, like, I'm in the physical wellness space, right? And physical wellness and mental wellness are so closely linked I think it's almost, it, it, 
Don't get they me wrong. They feed each other. Yeah, they, they feed each other, and don't get me wrong, I was nervous as shit hitting, like, the uh, the post now button. But, it would, like, to me, it was, like, it was almost neglectful not to mention it um, because when your mental space, when your mental health is in a really bad spot, it's really hard to work on your physical health and vice versa as well. When your physical health sucks, like, it's, it's shown that, like, mental health is not good and I kind of wanted to normalize it a little bit. And I think, thankfully, I think guys especially, right, we, we bottle up feelings. We don't, we don't, we talk, but we're like, ah, hey, uh, like fist bumps and, and you know, yeah. our version of like, um, you know, talking issues through with buddies is like making butt jokes. Or so even, even our wives. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. I know I, I had this conversation with my wife a couple weeks ago. It's really hard because you put your stresses and burdens on them. You don't want to do that necessarily because mm-hmm. like you want them to always feel secure mm-hmm. and that everything's, you know, on the up and up and it's good. But then like you don't realize the damage you're doing by not talking about those things either. So we got to also make sure that we check our egos at the door. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. got, you know, I've got a little mastermind group of my boys that we do group message text, but you ever got into a situation where you feel like you're the only one going through this and then you have a conversation and figure out somebody else is going through the same thing. Or if somebody ever told you put all of our problems on the table, and you think you're going through the worst of everything. And when you see other people's problems, you'd be like, ooh, give me my shit back. I'll take mm-hmm. my problem because you got something really going on over there. But you never know that unless you sometimes find a place or a space to express it. 100%. I, I think one of the most, the healthiest things for my relationship actually was finding someone outside the marriage to just process stuff yep. with. And like you said, not, not burden your other half. Not to say you should never talk about it. That's, I don't think we're trying to say that at all. Yeah. But, you know, just having someone who is professionally trained to help you work through your own stuff. Yeah. Um, like, like for me, like, I don't think we talked about my childhood um, last podcast episode, but like I was an overweight kid and I got bullied a lot. And that basically manifested itself as, I figured this out with my therapist, was like, I, it manifested as a I'm never enough complex. And working through that, and that's why I probably have my shit together as a 29-year-old, is because I work so damn hard on stuff because it's... it's to have your shit together. To, yeah, exactly, because of this kind of, like, childhood thing. And, you know, you work through it, and, every, like, everyone has their shit, man. But, like, having someone be able to walk you through it and connect the dots of, like, this happened when you were a kid, this happened in college, and that's why this is showing up. And once you've processed it and you can see it, it then you then get to make the decision about what you do with that information as opposed to it just having this power over you. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned this in my, in my post in case anyone, you know, hasn't seen it, which probably most people haven't, but, you know, therapy is coaching. Um, I'm like, I'm a huge believer in coaching in general, whether it is physical health, mental health, um, business health, you know, uh, wealth accumulation, creation, investing, yeah. like humans get in their way so much. It's really hard to succeed without someone on the other end of a phone or a zoom or a table, just saying, here's what you think is happening. This is what is actually happening. Yeah. Let's work with this because you can't see through your own stuff. And like, if we bring this circle all the way back around to you know your journey and weight loss and stuff, I can think of stuff right off the top of my head, and I know you'll go into it, of like 
you thought you were doing this, which was helping you lose weight. And then I was on the other end of a Zoom call going, that thing that you think is really helping is actually doing the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's dive into that. So let, let, let's start with, you know, I'll give the recap. Originally, I turned Alex's program down and he politely reminded me that he probably wasn't going to select me for his program either on the last episode. So if you missed all that, go back and check that out. It's one of our higher viewed episodes. Everybody wants to know about how I can drink whiskey and lose weight and start looking better and get in better shape. So for, you know, without any further explanation, I mean, it, it's a pretty big show that has had a shit ton of views. So, um, I personally went and tried another program. I will say it because I know he won't. He won't bash anybody on here or anything like that. But I chose soda. You all hear the radio ads on whether you listen to XYZ talk radio, sports radio, or listen to music on local radio. You're going to hear their ads and stuff. Uh, I put it right there with the men's tea clinic. You know, you're going to hear those ads and that... If you're a 43-year-old guy that is fat and out of shape and you're a little tired in the afternoon or you're taking frequent naps and you feel like shit, oh, you just need a little testosterone in your life. Another bad idea. Uh, I'm going to put this out there for any of y'all that want to hear this or are doing that or considering that. Don't do it. There's a reason your body gradually starts producing less testosterone in your life. And that is not the reason you feel like shit. The reason you feel like shit is because you've let your health go to shit and you're not functioning like a human being should be functioning in your age or demographic. Like, you need to take care of you. It is not some magic shot that you go get once a week and you can still have the same habits and routines and it's going to do jack for you. It's actually probably going to cause you problems. It caused me, with a history of family heart disease, to have elevated, like, stroke-level blood pressure. My heart specialist literally said, tell all your friends and you, get off this shit right now. I don't want to see you on this. If you continue to be on this, you're going to be on my table in a very short manner of time, and you're either going to be getting a valve replacement, a stent, or something else done with your heart. So this is something that you can take care of and address. And I will also say while I'm thinking about it, that during Alex's program, and it was only about week five, I think, I had to have the one-year follow-up with her. Mind you, I was not doing anything really prior to engaging with Alex. I was six foot tall, 241 pounds, out of shape, eating like shit, eating out all the time, all those things. And with the modification I made with Alex, my blood pressure and had been for the few weeks prior because I started tracking it again once or twice a week just so I could tell her like, hey, this is where I've been. I was 120 over 74. Which is insanely good. Which is insanely good. Like to the point that when I saw her, she's like, okay, you've lost some weight. Your blood pressure, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And tell me a little bit more about it. And if you keep doing this and you get any lower, we're probably either going to have to reduce some of your meds or take you off of them because 
if you start dipping way below this, that is not good either. You know, like you're in the perfect zone right now and you're still telling me you're losing weight and plan to lose weight. So yeah, I'm, I am all hoping right now that like the cholesterol pill, I'll probably never get rid of because that's genetic. Like mm -hmm. that, that doesn't matter necessarily how good a shape you're in. I mean, it's possible, but highly unlikely I'll get off that one. But to lose the other two blood pressure pills, that's man, huge. That's, that's huge. huge. And you know, from when we first talked, I said that was one of my number one goals. Cause mm -hmm. like my dad had his first heart attack when I was 14, died when I was 24. And my dad was only 56 when he died. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that has always been something in the back of my head, childhood mm -hmm. trauma, yep. you yep. know, that like, you know, I had a big scare too, right before COVID. I was in some of the best shape I'd been. And unbeknowingly on X day at the gym, I pulled both my lats. Oof. The next day, I didn't know I'd pull my lats. I went back in and we did chest. Well, doing that with pull lats caused me to strain my diaphragm, strain my intercostals, something else, and then I had severe lat strain. So the next morning when I woke up, and tried to get out of bed and I got to here, it took my breath away. And that's scary. I got myself through a shower, getting dressed to work. By the time I got to work, I was like, this isn't getting better. This is getting worse. And I ended up driving myself to the hospital, called my wife, had a panic attack because that freaked me out because every symptom I had was how my dad described a heart attack happening. Oh, damn. Because, you know, it was pulling me from both sides. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't tell if it was my back, my chest. I, I thought I was having a heart attack. And then I started having a panic attack on top of it. Right. Which, which feels a lot like a Escalated everything because now add adrenaline and all that to what I'm doing. And it was a really bad situation. I was in the hospital for three days. Good news was they ran every damn test you can imagine on my heart and told me like, hey, you're good. You just really screwed yourself up in the gym and no gym for like 30, 45 days. Mm -hmm. Like you need to let your body heal. So all those things, my point of telling those stories is because I know some of you are going to relate to that or have, or hopefully not have one of those experiences. And you can know that like you can fix these things and you can do this. So on that note, actually, I, I think it's, it's quite interesting. Um, and this is an observation of, of me working with people. Most people come to me after an oh shit moment. And an oh shit moment is something like you just like described. It's like an event where they look at themselves in a photo after a podcast or something and they go, oh shit, I'm fat. Or they go yeah. to the doctor and they go, oh shit, I'm probably going to die if I keep this up. And I think there's something just, just interesting about people, right? For anyone who's a, a coach, they can kind of relate to this. But like, People are just weird. We're not always logical. We're really comfortable in our bubble. And as long as our situation isn't like actively threatening, threatening our us, it's like, yeah, we're just happy chilling out 50 pounds overweight. Like, you know, I'm not going to die. That Whataburger still tastes really good. <laughs> I'm not giving that up. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think one of the big things that people have hangups on when it comes to making a change is they assume that to lose the weight you've got to have these massive shifts out like like the diet that you were on before we started working together it's like because I, I remember i was curious and i asked you to send me over the list yeah. of 
eat this, don't eat this. And some of the stuff made sense, sure. Some of the stuff blew my mind. Like, I think sugar-free gum was on the do not have list. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Biz, biz is making a face and I made the same face. But like, just, just weird stuff. Like, I think carrots was... It was oh, all man. like really weird stuff to keep you in such a caloric deficit. Yeah, like, it was crazy. Their principle, and like, I still think it might be good for some people that like if you have to have a surgery or something like that. It's just like the Atkins diet or a lot of those other things where if you need to drop a lot of weight really fast and it's not necessarily about keeping it off, it's so you can have a surgery or something like that. I yeah. think some of those may serve a purpose in a very select. It's it's going to be like two instance. three percent of yeah. people who want to lose yeah. weight. Like I don't think that's for the majority of people. So yeah, I, I would I would steer clear of that stuff. And the other big reason that I didn't choose Alex originally was group. This is group training right like and i've always worked out with personal trainers and stuff like that where it was one-on-one and i just i was honestly like kind of halfway scared to death that i wasn't going to get the attention i felt that i needed i wasn't going to have the push or the drive or the motivation that if i didn't have that other accountability partner there all the time that i was worried i wouldn't do it and this is really interesting. And this is, you know, when you own a business, when you have a process, you're always implementing feedback. Based on like our whole process, I no longer describe it as, because I used to describe it as this is a, an individual program done in a group setting. Because basically I would run the program in groups and you know, you get one-to-one attention, but we, we do it on this group timeline. And now because it, that verbiage which actually really isn't representative 100% of of how the process works. I now describe it to people as it's a one-to-one coaching process, but you also have a community of other people going through it with you, which explains it, I think, way better. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I've made friends with people that I don't Uh even know where all they're located and stuff like that, but we all went into the group together. We went through it together, and... I didn't think I'd participate a lot, that I had a lot of extra time to do that. I get on there and bullshit with these people pretty regularly. Uh, I mean, it's... There's a lot of conversation kind of about fun. barbecue as well. Like, that, that has popped up a ton. Food, poker. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of stuff. I mean, we make fun of each other. I mean, I think my favorite is Forrest. Dude, For- Forrest is a... He's a blast. He's, Forrest, he's so funny. This guy, Forrest, is a beast. Like, at first, I saw these, like, amazing breakfast burritos he was making each other, making every week. So I stole some meal prep ideas from him. Mm-hmm. And then this dude's, like, doing push-ups on job sites and all this other stuff. He's a home was, inspector, for reference. So he has, yeah. like, two jobs a day. And basically, he was, like... When, when he was telling me about his, you know, uh, his, his, on our graduation call, it's like we talk about the process. And he was like, when I first started, I could barely do push-ups from my knees. And now he's doing 120 push-ups just like over the course of the day for fun in addition to his workout. So it's just like just seeing like the mental transformation of yeah. people, um, you know, yours and Faris and, and lots of other people as well. It's just... It's, Corey, it's, Corey's yeah, Corey, done amazing. Corey's done amazing. You know, there's, there's lots of lots of really cool stories kind of within the group and i think those those personalities just add to the experience which is why i want it to be 
not yeah. a group, but a community because, you know, you and I get along great and we have really productive chats in terms of coaching, but like, you know, I, I, I can't be that bullshit person for everyone. And it's wonderful yeah. to have a group of people to share that with. And like, you know, I, I like cooking steak, but I don't know Jack about barbecue, but I know Dan and Ryan and Josh and they all do. And it's like, Hey, cool. Like let's chat about barbecue for a little bit. Yeah. And I think it, it makes the process so much more than just a, I'm here to lose weight. It's yeah, a, absolutely. We're all here to improve ourselves and let's have some fun while we do yeah. it. On the note of um, breakfast burritos and meal prep, I think you know one of the questions I wanted to ask you was comparing how you did things on soda versus how you did things in whiskey weight loss, which one felt like, which one felt easier and did it feel easier than it should have based on what your thoughts were coming into the process. Like when you came into whiskey weight loss, did you think it was going to be harder than it actually was? Okay. Yeah. First off, before I answer that, I, I will answer that. Like absolutely. And I, that's a good transition for those of you wondering though, like I, I, I want to make sure we get people's attention here and stuff like that right off the bat. So 241 starting out. I am now floating between 218 and 221. So I have lost like 21 pounds of fat off of me. I have dropped five inches off of my waist. I posted the photos, go check them out. This is eight weeks of Alex's program. I am doing the follow-up program and we've tweaked it and modified to some of my goals and what I'm doing and the amount of experience I have in the gym, which Alex was all about helping me do and making it work for both of us. So that also is obtainable. Um, I lost like five inches in my glutes, five inches off my waist. I've you, lost. You went up in chest and biceps, right? I went up about an inch in biceps. I went up almost three inches in chest. Which is insane. And so when, when Garrett says when he lost, you know, 21 pounds, he actually lost more than that because when you think about the math here, right, a change in body weight is the product of how much body fat you lose and how much muscle you gain, mm -hmm. right? Every every pound of muscle gained effectively hides a pound of uh, fat lost. So you yeah. lost 21 pounds of fat, but you also lost additional fat, which has been covered up by muscle gain. How do we know that Garrett built muscle? It's because we measured his biceps, right? We measured his chest. If yeah. your chest and biceps are growing. We did not. My wife did. I'm giving her credit for this because <laughs> this is a huge pain in the ass to like measure yourself. It Even with the fancy thing from Amazon, that thing sucks. Like getting the little thing into the like holder. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you do it without doing it, then you forget that there's a two inch difference because of the piece of equipment. Like, yeah, I give my wife. I want to give my wife some credit here because I had to wait till like Sunday and find times that I can make that work with her. <laughs> yeah, and you, you definitely can do it by yourself. It's just... It sucks. It, 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 it's, you know... It's tedious. It's tedious, yeah. There's definitely, like, harder things to do in the world, but it's... It's not, tedious. Yeah, it's, it's tedious. I'll, and it's I'll, just I'll kind of a pain way. in the ass. Yeah, but all, but, that, all that to say, you lost 21 pounds and more that we didn't yeah. see. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, muscle gain, you can't... There's not exact calculations for all this stuff, but... The scale doesn't lie whether you like it or not. Like, it's still there. And I'll talk about that probably next. But 
to answer your question, you said what? So soda. How long did you last doing soda? Three months. It was a three-month program, and the last two weeks, I guarantee I didn't do as much because I was traveling. It did not work with my lifestyle. Um, and I felt miserable. Like, the only satisfaction was the fact that I lost four to seven pounds a week on that. That, like, mentally, that was the only satisfaction because eating the food was miserable. So, basically... You have a really small meal in the morning. They don't want you working out. They want you to walk for 30 to 45 minutes minimum a day. That way you're getting in. Because they have you in such a caloric deficit to lose the weight that if you went and expelled a bunch of energy doing a workout, you're going to be starving. And you're going to eat and you're going to overeat. Um, So they don't want you doing that. So you you have these huge kinds like... I was on like 1,200 calories a day. Which is, yeah. for, for any geeks out there, I know Jonathan last week was on here and he was talking about his exercise science degree. Yeah. Like, if you are consistently below your metabolism or your resting metabolic rate, which is just the amount of energy your body needs to keep the lights which on, Which mine's basically. like 2,300, I think, was mine. Like, my, my, my goal on my, on when we do the... Yeah, yeah. Corona... Chronometer. Chronometer is like 20, 22, 2300 calories. Yep. To, I try to stay around 1800 throughout the week because I know two days I'm going to have a 10% variance yeah. roughly that, you know, goes up. It allows me to have a night where I have some drinks or I go out and eat a little differently. But for the majority of the week, I'm at or below right around 1800. Yeah, calories. which I, I think that's a great number for for. Guys, generally, right, you tailor it based on size. But I think generally 1800s, 2000s is a good number. But if you are consistently below that resting metabolic rate, like, it really messes with you. Like, yeah, fit, you feel physically, like shit. psychologically, like, you are literally not giving your body enough energy to function. So it is catabolizing itself at an amazingly high rate just to stay alive. Which yeah. is why you feel like crap. And you're not burning the storage of fat as much. It's so you do you do both. You will definitely. No, I think you hit a point though because like remember I had the week where yeah I true. skipped a day at the gym because yep. I had shit come up, which was like the only day I missed completely in the eight weeks. I missed a day, and then on a Friday night I ended my night of a high my ten percent night. Eating a double meat cheeseburger from Whataburger and a half a thing of fries. And I lost five pounds that week. <laughs> like, that is like, hold up, wait, what the fuck just happened? So this is a really fun segue to the reason why we do the tedious measurements. And this is, Garrett was alluded to this earlier, and I think it's really important to address this, but... Your body weight will vary day to day, week to week, and it is not always 100% representative of your progress. No. Because when Garrett started this process, now, he had been primed to have a uh, mindset that if you're not losing four or five pounds a week, you're failing. And And I didn't realize how much that was ingrained in me in the three months that I did that, but as, as much background as I have in working out and training and coaching, I didn't realize until we were like five, six weeks in how bad that truly was because 
I was I, I was good enough most weeks to not check the scale more than twice a week. And the scale will fuck with you, like, mentally. Like, Facts. I, I Facts. do not recommend, like, you know, I remember when I was trying to put on weight, I'd wear, like, a big hoodie or something like this, and I would intentionally, like, getting out of the shower, I would do, like, the girl wrap with the towel so that I didn't see myself in a mirror and I'd wait a week or two mm-hmm. and then see the progress just so that it wasn't like daily. Like you can't see so much stuff on a daily basis. Same thing with the scale, water, sodium, Damn. all these things fuck with you and move your stuff. So like, I, I think I said something that you really latched on. I know you want me to say this on here. Like, don't just get hung up on the pounds. Because like I said, I'm, I'm two or three weeks now of yo-yoing between 218 and 221. Two or three weeks. Where typically I lose at least two pounds. In, even in Alex's program. And one to two true pounds in a week is very hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication to do it and do it the right way. But... If you just get hung up and looking at that, and Alex does kind of fuck with you because he asks you to do all your stuff on Sunday, knowing that most likely your cheat day or your overindulgence day was Friday or Saturday, and he wants you to take progress pictures and measurements and all that stuff, that can kind of mess with you. And there's some days that I waited till Monday morning to do it just because I knew I needed that other day. Get back rehydrated, be in a little better place, sodium, water. That was just me mentally doing that. But do the measurements. The measurements are like, that would be my biggest advice early on. Don't skip out on your measurements and stuff because you could be discouraged in that week from stepping on the scale. And like, I always did my weight first. And I think it's in that order for that reason I did my weight first because, like, then you're like, shit, I was 222.2 last week. I'm 221.2 this week, and I killed it. What, how am I only down a pound? I'm like, all right, wait. And I, hey, Sarah, come help me. We start doing the measurements and stuff, and it's like, oh, shit, I lost two inches on my waist mm-hmm. this week, an inch and a half in my glutes, uh, you know, I gained a half a pound or half an inch in my arms or my chest, one or the other, usually not both in the same week. But, you know, you see these things and you're like, okay, now it makes sense. Like, don't just get yourself hung up and so caught up on that scale because you need both. You need you need to check the scale and then do your measurements because I promise you most times when the scale makes you want to like throw it into a throw wall. it into the wall or out the window the measurements are then going to go oh shit i did achieve something this week yeah. like i made progress like i'm good like and one of the questions i always ask people to kind of illustrate this point then biz let me ask you if you had the choice between and you can only have one you can drop 10 <clears throat> pounds right the number on the scale drops by 10 None of your waist doesn't change. All right. The only thing that changes is the number on the scale or the number stays the same on the scale, but you drop three inches from your waist. Give me them inches. Exactly. 
right? The inches represent something. The scale is just a number. But we have been so conditioned by advertisements, media, commercials, mm -hmm. magazines, um, all of these things to where scale, 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 scale. And at the end of the day, the scale is literally just a number, which is great to track over eight weeks, three months, six months, but you experienced it, right? Ups and downs. Actually, I'll, Absolutely. I, I'm gonna talk about Josh for a second. Um, yeah. Just, so Josh is another one of my, one of my clients. Uh, shout out to him if he ends up watching this, but he went to a family vacation uh, at Disney, right? And he, he was on it. Josh is one of my just like really, really dialed in people. Um, he was doing like protein bars for breakfast. He was having fruit and, and healthy snacks throughout the day. He'd have one kind of main meal at the end of the day and about two to three drinks. And you're at Disney. So he was doing like 15 to 20,000 steps a day. He, this boy was moving and he gets back from Disney, does his measurements, does his weight. And he's like, dude, like I'm up three and a half pounds. I like, I like, I crushed it in Disney. And he was telling me this with confidence. And I, I can kind of, you know, you learn to read people. And it's like, I could genuinely tell he was into it. And I was like, I don't have a good answer for you other than wait a week and see what happens. And so he did. He trusted me. He was a he was a you know a great a great client. He listened to his coach. And what happened one week afterwards was that everything went back to normal. He got back into routine. And you know if he was here before Disney, he went up three and a half pounds at Disney, and then he dropped seven pounds from the mid Disney peak. So he dropped three and a half pounds over the course of two weeks. But in that one week, his weight dropped seven pounds. So it's like, it's just a really clear, obvious demonstration of how body weight can just fuck your brain up. Yeah. If you put too much yeah. attention in it. It's, I analogize actually it's like, like I, I'm gonna assume you've got some money in the stock market invest, investments somewhere. Like if you look at the stock market every day and you get emotionally attached to the fact that you just lost 200, 2000, $20,000 in a yeah. day a week. Whereas if you can just look at it with no emotional attachment and understand it's a data point on a longer journey, you're going to be making much this, better This decisions. isn't, for all of you though, this isn't easy to do. Like That's why you need a good coach like Alex though, because we had these phone calls. We had these text messages. We had these messages oh, in yeah. the group chat. Multiple times. Like multiple times. And he's and I'm like, bro, like if the end of the week gets here, I'm gonna be really fucking pissed. And he's like, calm down, like you're putting in the work, man. Like, hey, remember last week? You only went down a pound, but you lost two inches off your like gut. Like mm -hmm. that's huge. And holy shit, remember the week? You lost five pounds and you ate water burger. Like, and you missed a workout. Like, sometimes you need a coach or somebody to remind you that, hey, like, the world isn't ending. You're still putting in the work. You're doing it. Like, you're sleeping better, right? You're feeling better, right? You have more energy, right? Like, quit just getting hung up on the scale. Like, it's going to happen. I mean, look, look. Look what happened over eight weeks. Like, not all those eight weeks were... You know, whoo, yeah, 
they weren't all rosy. You know, they weren't all rosy. Pretty and sure just Garrett like, was cussing me out a couple times. There were several times I was dog cussing Alex. Like, I was using my best British accent, like, using, <laughs> like, wanker and other words just to, like, vent because I was so pissed off that I was like, I killed it. I was below 1,800 calories every day this week. Like, even on my cheat day, I didn't get over 2,200. And I was like, and I lost, I, I'm like, I'm the same weight on Sunday. I was like, no, I'm taking this again Monday. And I'm going to take my measurements on Monday morning. I take my measurements on Monday morning. I was like, well, yeah, you did all that on Saturday night. And you had most of your alcohol on Saturday night. Like, your levels were just jacked up. Like, mm-hmm. and yet, if I'd have just stuck to that, I'd have been super pissed off or stayed in that mind mindset or mind frame but reality was and i mean i know i told alex this a lot too like hey man so far the scale is lying to me like i can see it you know biz is seeing mm-hmm. it like biz is giving me compliments and saying stuff when i'm up here and taking my picture after the end of the show asking me what i've changed what i'm doing my wife is saying stuff like I, the eyes don't always lie either. They they may be more honest than the scale is at times. Dude, I, I, I honestly believe that because when you have all of this external validation saying you're doing good, you're doing good, you're doing good. And I feel like that, uh, like the scale is just like one of those old school mermaids. Just yeah. like it, it, it looks really alluring and then you yeah. jump off the edge and then you drown. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, it, it'll suck you in if you're not careful. And I think that that's why, as Garrett said, it's like, whether you work with me or don't, you know, just find a good coach, but it's important to have someone that can interpret the data you're recording, right? Who can look at your numbers and go, yeah, dude, like, I'm not worried at all. you like, you fucking crushed it this week while you're over here in, you know, kind of self-pity world, just being like, yeah. the world's unfair. I'm doing the, yeah. I'm doing the right thing. The scale why is a demon. Why aren't I skinny yet? Like, it, and sometimes you just need someone else to be like, you see this, this, and this, you're nailing it. Keep doing it. And eventually you will see the thing that right now you're hung up on. And then when you do actually see the thing you're hung up on, like it just, it just validates the whole process. So absolutely. Um, I do want to circle back, Garrett, you know. Yeah. What would you say when it comes to nutrition specifically, right? Because, like, my program is, is is built out in a few ways. We have nutrition stuff. We have exercise stuff. We have yeah, mindset stuff. stuff. We have education stuff. But, like, nutritionally, what would you say are the biggest lessons you've learned going through this process? And, like, don't hold back because I want everyone to yeah, watch yeah, this podcast no. to, like, Get, get the real shit. No, for sure. Absolutely. And I, I think we've just dived off in some other things here off and on. But when I said soda had you in an extreme calorie loss, like that's just not manageable. Like even if you do it for three months, like that weight came on quicker and with a vengeance, the minute I stopped doing that stuff, like it was back so fast. Like, <laughs> Like, it was like, I just spent how much money and three months of my time, and this is all back already? Like, it was super demoralizing. It was super frustrating. Did I follow their program to a T? No. In all fairness, no, I did not. It was too hard for me to follow. And I didn't buy into all their other motivational, and because it was heavy religion-based, it was. I didn't know that. It's a heavy, heavy religion based, and it also has. Uh, like, I didn't even do their follow up program just to maintain where I was because I was like, this is absolutely fucking miserable. Like, 
the biggest differences I'll say, like right out the gate, is you don't ask people to change right out the gate. Like people are going to change on their own as they start doing things and seeing progress. And it's going to inspire you to do things differently. It's going to inspire you to make small changes that eventually turn into bigger changes. It, it encourages baby steps. It doesn't tell you, hey, you're never going to go through a drive through on this program. No, it says when you go through a drive through here, you think this is a smart choice. Here are some smarter choices. And some of those will honestly blow your mind. I mean, like, he gave a great one out on the first podcast, the Chick-fil-A one, mm -hmm. that I'm not going to go over it again for saving time, but go back and listen to that. Like, you think that actually sounds like it's probably going to be your better choice, and it's not. The other one, and I've tried it, you might not even be able to finish it. Like, and it's way less calories. Like, people have to learn, and you do a good job of this. When you're losing weight, it's calories in, calories out. How many calories do you burn in a day? If you're doing the work, you got to manage your calories. You cannot out-train a shitty diet. So you have to know what your calories are. Now, there may be things that you think are healthy that are not healthy calorically. Such and as. learning those differences are very huge in your journey. I feel like, I mean, I feel like my results are great for eight weeks. I think I would have like killed this even more. And it's one of the things Alex and I talked about was making a few adjustments so that others of you that do this program can kill it more than I did. Um, big one. My wife and I cook with a lot of ghee, butter, and olive oil. Both extremely heart healthy, healthy versions. That does not mean that calorically that's healthy. So I would be in my calorie zone. I would have, you know, I'd have gone through seven, 800 calories between breakfast and lunch and i would have roughly a thousand let's just say a thousand calories left for dinner dinner a drink whatever um and i would like put in and sometimes you got to make your best guess man like no none of these apps and stuff are perfect no. sometimes you got to kind of look at it and go does this represent what i just ate yep that's pretty damn close i'm gonna go with this i'm not gonna beat myself up mm -hmm. i'm not gonna stress over this because not everything has a barcode that you can scan that just instantly puts it in there. So, you know, you and I end up having to talk after a while and you're like, well, you're having, you're eating super clean. Like and you were like, what is your wife cooking with as a medium or you, you or your wife? And I was like, man, mostly olive oil. Cause it's heart healthy. And you're like, that's a 120 or 140 uh -huh. calories uh per tablespoon, tablespoon. So, if you put two tablespoons in the pan and then you drizzle some on top as you're cooking it, you, you just got 400, 500 calories roughly right there added into your healthy, heart-healthy vegetables that is still healthy, but calorically when you're trying to lose weight does not help you jack shit. And I want to add on that because Garrett made such a good point about differentiating between what we consider 
like heart healthy versus the impact of calories. So I think a lot of this heart healthy stuff comes from like the Mediterranean diet full of olive oil and da 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 But that is often when someone is already at a healthy weight. When you're already at a healthy weight, you have a bigger calorie budget because you're not trying to be in a calorie deficit and therefore you have more calories to play with. So if some of those calories come from olive oil, which is you know high in certain types of fat, which are generally considered good for your heart, great. When you only have you know, depending on your size, somewhere, you know, between 1500, 2000 calories, right? When you have a relatively smaller number of calories to play with, you have to be really careful in terms of making sure you get full and you get sufficient nutrition from those calories. Because if you have four tablespoons of olive oil, that could potentially be 20 to 35% of your daily calories. How full do you get from four tablespoons of olive oil? I can tell you right now, not Jack very much. shit. Whereas if you use something like a cooking spray, if all you are doing it for is to making sure stuff doesn't stick to a pan, you can use cooking spray and wipe out 500 calories. You know what you can do with that 500 calories? You can have whiskey if you want to. Or if you want to have um, chicken, steak, veggies a extra potato. portion of what you're having exactly you want a you know you want a 12 ounce uh pork chop instead of an eight ounce pork chop like they, you can do so much with 500 calories once you understand some of the intricacies of nutrition and you can get so full more much more full off that yeah. um one of the things i do and you know I, i'll preach it to certain clients as well like the late night munchies hit, right? This is something we've all dealt with at some point in our life. Biz is giving me the nod. And it's like, yep. You can get <clears throat> air fried chicken nuggets, all right? They are serving as about 300 calories, 250 to 300 calories. It's 25 to 30 grams of protein, which is the thing that fills you up. You can get a zero calorie, or you can get a zero sugar barbecue sauce, which is five calories a tablespoon. When the late night munchies hit, you can have chicken nuggets and barbecue sauce for less than 300 calories and it hit it hits all of the urge of savory slightly salty filling right so you can have 300 calories of chicken nuggets or four tablespoons of olive oil by the way you net 200 calories less doing the chicken nuggets and it's those little things when applied consistently when garrett says small changes adding up to big results that is a really good demonstration of it, of just, okay, small tweak. Now do that for 10 years and see what happens. Because that is totally something you could do for 10 years, right? I think a lot of people, when we think about diets, we think I could do that for four weeks and it'll be worth it because I lose the weight. To me, that's the wrong way of looking at it. To me, it's what small change can I make that I will enjoy or at least not unenjoy making? And can I do that for 10 years? I don't know about you, Biz or, or Garrett, but like I'm totally cool with chicken nugs as my late night snack. Yeah. Like for the rest of time. Yeah, I'm I'm good with chicken nuggets. I normally get a handful of grapes or eat a banana. That's another one I did a lot that I'll throw out there too. Fruit. Like I tried not to do it a lot at night, but I would get like strawberries or red grapes. And I would clean them all, bag them up in little Ziploc baggies, throw them in the freezer. And if I really had a sweet tooth or something at night, 
and I knew I still had the calories there to give. Granted, you don't really want to have that kind of like even fruit sugar that late at night, but it's better than a lot of other things. Yeah. I would go grab that little baggie out, man, and sit there and you eat, you know, a cup full of frozen grapes. It's going to kill that. Absolutely. The other, the other good one, and Jocko Wilnick, I want a sponsorship. I want to, I want to promote your shit, but I also want to have you on the podcast sometime. That's, you, he's, he's in my top list of people I want on the podcast of my, like, famous yep. people. Yep. I, I've shared this with the group, and, yeah, dude, help yourself. I brought some treats up you there tonight. Did, so that's a, that's a golden one there. I want to see your uh, reaction to this later on. All too. right, deal. Um, Jocko Wilnick, you guys know, Navy SEAL, speaker, podcaster, um, has his own supplement companies. He's involved in Origin, a lot of other things. His, and I've had so many protein shakes from you name it when I was trying to put on weight or lose weight. Most protein stuff tastes like shit. A lot of it does. A lot of it does. Um, Jocko Mulk, man, pre-containers, already mixed. I throw my creatine in it. That's what I drink after my workouts every morning. The main flavors are chocolate and banana that I go with. He just released a cookie that is a protein plant-based cookie. Man, drink one of these... Drink what like, I've done this at night too, or like if I know I'm going out to like an evening with friends and there's going to be a lot of really tempting things there that I would want to eat and maybe I want to eat less of, I will slam one of those protein shakes and eat a Jocko cookie, chocolate chip cookie with a banana shake. It's like 350 calories, like 50 or 60 grams of protein. I promise you're going to be really full. Your sweet tooth's going to be covered, and you're going to go there. And, yeah, you may graze a little bit mm-hmm. and, like, you know, a little bit, but you're not going to kill your diet. And I want to expand on, on that point because, like, I, I always joke, right, when we were all in college and, shoot, maybe as adults, like, we would pregame the bar, right? You don't mm-hmm. have any money, so you drink beforehand, so you spend less money there. We pull that same analogy for uh, weight loss. Right. If you are hungry going into a tempting environment where there is pizza, where there are cookies, where there's Oh my like, God, don't say the pizza word again. It's been eight <laughs> weeks, bro. Don't do that to me again. Fair it's all my right, one I won't, weakness. I won't. Uh, yours and mine both, actually. Um, but if you go into a tempting environment hungry and you try and muscle through it, one of two things will happen. You will either be miserable or you will overeat. That is pretty much it because you're going to be looking at all of this food going, I can't have it, I can't have it, I can't have it. And either you then go home and you're sad or you eat it and then you get the post-binge guilt sets in. It's like, damn, I screwed up my diet. Why the hell am I even doing this? So what you do is you pre-eat. You do something high in protein, low in calories, just like Garrett said, Shakes work well, bars work well, cookies work well, assuming they fit certain kind of like protein calorie ratios that we talk about. But what it does is it allows you to go into that tempting environment without being hungry, 
right? You are being proactive instead of reactive. And this is something we talk about in the program as well, where it's like, you always want to be thinking ahead and planning. It's like, okay, if I know I'm gonna be around tempting food, how do I make that food less tempting? How do I, how do I think with my logical brain and not my, oh shit, I'm hungry brain? You do that by going into a tempting environment already full. So you're not like, you're, you could graze and you, like, you absolutely can, but what you'll do is you'll stop at you know, one or two instead of clearing the You'll have one piece of pizza versus having four pieces of pizza. Correct. And <laughs> that one piece of pizza, sorry, I just bashed the mic. Uh, that one piece of pizza plus the shake plus the protein bar or cookie or whatever, that's basically your dinner at that point. And when you break down the calories and the macros, you actually had a decent meal. Yeah, you didn't kill it. That. You, di you, didn't, you didn't ruin a day. You can do that. And that, I think, is one of the... I know. But that's that. That's what you do. That that's what your program allows people to do. Like you're not changing your life to where you're meal prepping a hundred percent of the time, and you're never going out to eat. You're never going through drive-throughs. Life just isn't happening, you know. And you're in this perfect little bubble, and you're staying in your macros every day. And you know you have it's a not realistic. you have a million dollars and trifectas, you know, sending your meals all day long, and you're hitting the gym twice a day. Like that shit doesn't happen. And if it does, you're probably going to be a bodybuilder or something. Or you're crazy. a Hollywood A-lister. A uh, yeah, like, and you have just ungodly amounts of money, like. You can't do that shit. Like the big thing with Alex's program is like you're you're making small, viable, doable tweaks. Effective. And effectively. And he's teaching you methods and he's he's created great books and letters and apps that send you information and documents and PDFs that like you know, he just did one for all of us that was like he picked the top 10 or 12 fast food places and said here are the top like 10 things or whatever at each one of these places like i'm going to give two examples here before i forget that i think is important to get to so like early on i remember i was trying like because he didn't give you a whole lot at the beginning it was more just getting you back into the routine giving you a little bit making sure you're doing your checklist kind of kind of just easing you back in and one day, I remember me and my wife were like, all right, let's just order Jersey Mike's tonight. And I ordered Jersey Mike's. I ordered the tuna salad with just veggies. And I was like, yo, that's, that's pretty solid. Like, that's What not kind of bad. bread, though? Did you have it? Yeah, I had it with the bread. Like, just normal meal, man. I mean, like, I had, I had calories to give for dinner. Like, it wasn't killing it. Like, you know, but... I want to say when I talked to Alex about that in my call the next week, Alex was like, hey, that wasn't a bad choice. But, did, you know, if you made your tuna salad, that would have been better because you could have controlled it with like light mayo, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. And he was like, but let me look real quick and tell you all the things you could have had that maybe you would tell me taste better or you think would be more fulfilling and that you would have chosen otherwise if I told you that you would have intaked less calories. And you know, like, I'll never forget this. You know what my other choice was, Biz? I could have ate a Philly cheese chicken sub, like the full-size one with all the veggies and all the shit on it, 
and saved like 350 calories over the tuna salad with or tuna fish with veggies. Yep. And then- I don't weigh, I don't know about you, but I would have way rather have ate that chicken and cheese yep. Philly sub than a damn tuna fish sub. And that's like, that's just a great example of you don't know what you don't know. And like, not everyone checks the menu of every place, right? No. So, um, one of the we things should. I, we should. Not it's all like, of them have great stuff online, though, yeah, to tell you either. Let you know, Some yeah. are better than others, for yeah. sure. So, like, one of the things, like, um, you know, if you take anything from this, it's look at labels, look at menus, and, and actually, like, examine, like, the calories on stuff. But a lot of what I do for clients is take all of that information and just, pun intended, distill it down into something very easy to use. So like the fast food resource that um, Garrett kind of alluded to earlier, I just went through like the, I mean it was 10, maybe 11, like most popular, most requested fast food restaurants from a poll I did inside the group. Yeah, it was and, like Chipotle, Whataburger. Uh, Wendy's, McDonald's, Taco Bell. Yeah, all, all the big staples y'all can think of. So like this isn't just picking out, I just wanna make sure this is clear. Yeah. This isn't picking out like, healthy sounding fast food and honestly, this isn't just like subway and you know dude i tried to do panera bread yeah, panera, yeah so panera bread is really challenging because not much of their stuff has a lot of protein in and the way i rank a lot of food is by car- like comparing their calorie to protein ratio basically how filling is this food going to be for the calories like stuff like panera bread that maybe has a healthier kind of connotation to it Often, like, there's just a lot of, like, you know, olive oil stuff like that thrown in there um, and fancy bread, which people assume to be healthier. It's just not the case. So, like, dude, I would take Chick-fil-A over Panera Bread for a drive-thru every single time. I would take Panda Express over... um, I did it today, dude. I, I had to go by North Park Mall today to get a couple shirts for this trade show I'm about to be at the rest of the week. And I went into La Madeline. Uh-huh. Yep. And I'm like looking at, at it and I'm like, so I went to the app and uh-huh. I was like, tuna fish croissant or something like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck me. That's like 900 calories. Dude, it can be bad sometimes. And I was like looking at that and I'm like, I, I, after I did that, I was just like, you know what? Like, no, nah, I'm going to scratch this. I was like, I went and hit the other store, went home and instead... I ate like one of those packages of uh, prosciutto, prosciutto, cheese, and like little bagel sticks, like yeah, like and things. It was just and fine. it was like two hundred some calories with a good amount of protein. And I was like, "That's totally gonna get me to dinner tonight when I get home." Like, yeah, that that's perfect. Versus eating something that sounded healthy at La Madeline, you know, even some of their breakfast. I was like, everything was like. 700 plus calories Mm -hmm. the protein mix wasn't very great like it was okay but i mean like i just had to make a decision stand in line and i'm like trying to bounce between chronometer and -hmm. their website and i'm like yeah no like it's not worth it like i know i'm gonna have some drinks tonight i'd rather keep it down i've got a trade show to work i know i'm gonna be drinking this week like no today's the day i'd rather keep my calories down and i did that and you and made me. It wasn't me, hard. No, no. It, I mean, like, once you know how to like make adjustments and like, and you see the. 
I could have this or I could have that. Like once you kind of get to a point and we talked about that, like that mm-hmm. I thought, and I think you've made changes for the new program to where people get a lot of that information earlier on yeah, just so that they're making better decisions. Cause that'll help encourage them through the process, which I think is really cool and crucial. Um, but like when, once you start learning some of these things, it's like, you can make a choice. Like I could have this or I could have that. Like I just said with the sandwich earlier, Another one that was really kicking my ass early on was I went to, I mean, I want to say Marketplace and or HEB. Mm-hmm. I bought a bunch of protein bars um, to, to put at my office mainly or in my briefcase or in my truck so that I had these things in a time of need to have. And I remember in like week three or four, and you were seeing my log and reviewing it, and we had one of our calls, and you're like, bro, I mean, I know you bought a lot of these, apparently, because you're eating them regularly, and they must taste really good, but these, like, ratios are not, like, helping you a lot. Like, this might be a sticking point for you. Like, yeah, that keto crisp or keto this or vegan that or whatever you want to call it bar, and... It's hard because sometimes you find them and they appear to be healthy. They look healthy. And maybe even calorically, it looks like it's okay. It's probably not like, and he teaches you this in the program, the ratio of calories to protein and and carbohydrates and stuff like that that you want to stay in, you need to take that into consideration. And I, I told him, like, just like the fast food list, there needs to be a protein bar list of people that have done this and weed out the ones that taste like shit because there's a lot of them that are horrible that's some some bad ones so get the good ones let's create a list of the good ones that taste good to most people and that three out of five on the list that you try you're going to be like okay that's totally doable that was good that oatmeal raisin one's better than this chocolate chip Mm -hmm. one or this chocolate chip one's better than this you know oreo cookie cream one what whatever they are because they have every flavor known it's, to man. It's, it's insane and some of the, some of them are great some of them are terrible like and the brand that i i really like for protein bars i love two of their flavors i'm okay with another two and the rest of them are dog shit yeah and it's just like sometimes you got you gotta try um i'll promote quest i think quest ones are really good quest does great uh the brand i like is is pure protein just because i can get them in in big packs uh like walmart or or on amazon and stuff um but yeah like i I remember specifically that conversation you were grabbing these protein bars these keto crisps they're they're literally like they're so small they're they're like this big but they're chocolate chip or oatmeal i think oatmeal once oatmeal once chocolate chip they're literally like this big. They totally do the trick when you need them in a crunch. But they're they're it literally like, like 250, 250 calories. 250 calories, and they're like 11 or 13 grams of protein, which is not great. For for reference, and I don't mind sharing this. You know, we generally we're looking to try and get for every hundred calories somewhere between eight to 10 grams of protein or more. Right, and with something like a protein bar, where it's really easy to hit that ten grams per calories thing, like when we were going through your food diary, it was just like this is really low hanging fruit. Like you swap this protein bar for that protein bar, and you're adding 
10 to 20 grams of protein a day off of that, but also losing 100 calories. And if you want the secret to losing weight and not hating your life while you do it, is to get your protein higher. Protein. Your fiber higher. You can do it, okay. And uh, keeping your uh, keeping your calories lower where you can, like it's, I don't know. To me, maybe I've been in like this space long enough. To me, it doesn't, it doesn't seem too complicated. But then I think people get so misled by all of this outside media that just goes... Or the fact that it says it's healthy. Dude, there's one that cracks me up. It's Costco, and I think it's called the Perfect Bar. And it doesn't hit the ratios that I like from a protein bar. And I'm like, that's fair. How, how is the average person going to know that the uh, Perfect Bar is yeah. actually not that great? I mean, we talked loss. about it. I found a book in my grandma's house. It's the ice cream diet. Yeah, dude. There's, I there's still some... want to read that. I mean, I might try that after all this. Like when I have some more calories to burn, <laughs> see how much weight I can lose just eating ice cream. I mean, that sounds pretty amazing. As a professional, I cannot recommend yeah, that yeah. you do that. Yeah. I, w- uh, I wouldn't either. I, I'm, I say that totally kidding. I just think it's funny to have that book on my shelf. And when certain people come over, I'm like, hey, check this out. You want to read this book? Yep. For, for someone, just to mess with someone, for someone who has not followed your journey at all, just when they ask how you lost weight, just present them with the pink ice cream diet book and just say it was. You know what? That, that's a fair thing. And that's a good little segment there, too. Like, a lot of people have asked me and people have started noticing that I'm, I'm dropping weight, you know, like they ask questions and stuff like that. And, you know, it is fun to mess with some people and tell them crazy ass things. But I mean, I'm super supportive. I was actually going to wear, he gave me a dope ass, like, and if you do good in the program, like he has dope ass t-shirts. Y'all know I'm a big t-shirt fan. I support cigars and guns and a lot of other t-shirts from cigar brands that I really like and stuff like that. I, I love supporting the things that I'm passionate about. I just happened to have worn it already. I wore it to the oh, gym no. and it just wasn't washed or I would have been wearing it. Oh, so right. it's just that's like this, be. only it's a t-shirt and it's, it, I mean, it's, it's blasted like a billboard across here. It's awesome. I get looks in the gym all the time. The trainers just roll their eyes walking by me like, really, bro? You're wearing the whiskey weight loss shirt in here? And I'm like, I love it when people come up and ask me about it because it's, you know, it. I think it's a great marketing thing you've done here because you found a way to tell people, and I truly believe this. It's not. It's not a pull a mask or, or pull uh, a little, pull over the eyes. Pull, right? pull over the eyes, like you know, you're not you're not trying to like, you're not trying to be shady or sneaky, but you're sending a message that, hey you can still enjoy the things in life that you enjoy in moderation, but you need to learn these other things to be successful at what you're trying to do and to get yourself back on track and get yourself to a place where you can enjoy things more and you have a higher calorie budget. You can go eat a whole large pizza if you really want to and it not absolutely kill you. Yeah, like, and, and for any that, that's a great um, segue as well because like I I have this joke with my wife that if we go out for pizza, I'm eating the whole pizza. Like you you learn your own behavioral. I would for sure. Yeah, and it's for like sure. all right if the, if there's a whole pizza, like I make adjustments earlier in the day. I make sure to work out that day. I try to make sure the next day is a good day. But like 
if I go to a restaurant and there's a whole pizza sent in front of me, like, it's it's an empty plate by the yeah, time I leave. I'm going to eat the whole damn thing. And you know what? There's zero guilt attached. Because, you know, as someone who, who likes to think that they practice what they preach, it's like, you make the right adjustments. And, like, I'm not trying to lose weight. Like, I'm, like, 185, right? At 6'1 and 185, like, there's not a whole lot left of me to lose. So, like, like you said, once you hit that point where you're happy... You actually have a few more calories to play with. You have that that freedom you can to maintain. To maintain, and you can have a great time maintaining. Yeah. Like you get on the other end of the weight and, loss journey, and you and you go up five pounds. It's not the end of the world. You know what to do to get back to it. You know what you yeah. did and what you have to cut out. Like staying in that healthy realm is something everybody needs to learn and and to just get themselves back. So I think a lot of people are afraid of the journey. I was afraid of it because of group stuff. The group thing's been awesome. Like. It's not group in the way, and he already went over that, so, I mean, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but, I mean, give something like that a shot. Like, you have nothing to lose. Like, I can't tell you, like, I don't snore as much. I, I mean, I'm sleeping better. My sleep ratings are through the roof. You know, I have all these things that track me now, whether it's my bed or my phone or the – I got the aura ring. Nice. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really digging this. That is one thing I will recommend to people – this is an expense that one way or the other, I mean, you can do it the laborious way that I did for the first six weeks of the program or take this to account when you decide to go on this journey. Whether it's a watch, a Fitbit, uh, an aura ring. I'm a fan of the aura ring. I like it. It doesn't interfere with my day-to-day -day life. It's really easy to wear. Yeah, it does scratch up and stuff when you're banging weights and stuff like that. But, I mean, do you really care what the bottom of your ring looks like? I mean, wow. you shouldn't. If you do, that's on you. But, you know, find something because now that phones have gotten so damn big, putting this bastard in your pocket while you are running or jogging or walking, like, is it's miserable. Like... And it's really annoying, I, especially I when you're on a treadmill for 45 minutes or an hour. I want to jump in it's real really quick annoying. for context. So one of the things we do inside the program is tracking steps. And yeah. what Garrett's alluding to is that you can track it. Like I, I wear a Fitbit um, all the time. Some people don't like wearing a Fitbit or they wear a traditional watch. So your other options are something like an aura ring or you can keep your phone in your pocket and that will track your steps to a degree. One of the reasons that we track steps, and this is you know pulling the curtain back a little bit, so I, I think it's illuminating, is that you know nutrition is a huge part to help you lose weight. The other big part of it is your activity, right? So going yes. from something like doing 2,000 steps a day to 5,000, which is not hard, by the way. It, it is not uber challenging to hit 5,000 steps a day, which I set as like the absolute floor for people that I work with. You know, if you hit seven and a half, 10,000, great. You know, we're, we're popping champagne and um, having fun. But if you can hit five, that kind of stops your activity from being a barrier because how much you move really does contribute to how many calories you have to play with on the nutrition side of things. And if you're burning two to 300 extra calories a day from moving, guess what? That's two to 300 extra calories that you can have in chicken nuggets and sugar-free barbecue sauce. So he's either a Jedi master or 
he played Jedi mind tricks on me or it was because I was such a pain in the ass. I'm going to go with it's because I was a pain in the ass. We'll go with all three. And that's probably absolutely accurate. I know I'm not or have been the easiest client for him to deal with. I recognize that. And I, I appreciate your patience with me and the way that you coached me. I, I, I can't thank you enough for that because... There were times that you're like, okay, I see why you like that or why you want to do that, but did that work for you before? And you didn't say it like a dickhead. You weren't arrogant. You weren't, you weren't pushy. You were just like, did that work for you before? And in all honesty, like one of the main goals I had the whole time was I'm going to try to put everything aside and do your program to the T the best that I can. Which I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I, 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 yeah. I, I sincerely appreciate the compliment you just gave me. I want to give you the compliment back of being incredibly consistent, listening and taking on board outside advice. I think we underestimate how difficult yeah. that is. Well, to, it's to, hard too. Like it's not, it's not easy. Like to trust someone to else, to trust somebody else and do workouts that like, I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. Like he's changed a lot of stuff too like i mean he's made adaptations and if if you have the conversation with him which again have the conversation you know like i told him like hey apparently the new year's resolutions didn't wear off as early as the gym like getting by the free weights and stuff like that is brutal most days at the gym even at 5 30 in the morning I, you know, I, I had to go and load plates on machines or do pin stack machines. Mm-hmm. I just made sure that with my experience that I followed the intention of his workout to the best that I could. I didn't get hung up on like, hey, there's no bench over here and I can't, I can't go do incline bench press with dumbbells. No, I went and found an incline machine that I could put plates on Mm -hmm. or that I could do the pin stack on. And I still did the exercise that he was asking me to do. Which was perfect, that It may have not been with dumbbells, but it was with bands or, you know, I found a way to do it, bottom line. Like, I didn't skip on doing it. I may have had to make, make an alteration. And I encourage people to do that. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like... Do it. Like, as long as you're doing stuff and staying active, like, and I want to get back to the steps thing, too, and that's where I was saying with the Jedi mind tricks, because he told me I had to have 8,000 to 10,000 steps a day, which is really funny because when I started looking at it, I thought I was way more active throughout the day (laughs) than I was. And even when I was being, like, an absolute, like, hound about... I don't give a shit if I was walking from my desk to the printer to get mm-hmm. something off the printer, which is about 20 feet from my desk. Mm-hmm. I maybe walked 20, 30 feet to get to that printer. I was picking up my phone, putting it in my pocket, making sure that damn thing tracked my steps. You know, no matter what, I was getting something in. And you know what? Like, that worked and was pretty accurate. But when I got this order ring... I was losing a lot of steps. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, you should have something that tracks you better because as best as you can try, you're still not going to have this on you all the time. And my life and livelihood depends on this thing. So there's not a lot of times my phone's not on me, but the variance of 1,000 to 2,000 steps is a lot, especially for your mental on doing something like this. Mm -hmm. So 
I just encourage you that if you're going to go down a journey, start out. Yeah, you may have to do this. Don't cut yourself short. You're probably getting an extra 1,000 or 1,500 steps in easily because there's going to be a lot of times you don't pick this up. Yeah. So, you know, do it. If you can afford to get you an aura ring, a watch, or, you know, a Fitbit or a Garmin or, you know, whatever it is that they have, there's lots of ways to do it. Just this is going to get old, especially do cardio, because reality was I was in that danger zone of what he was talking about early on where I was only getting, I mean, like, Man, I mean, I almost should just like look and go back and like not. It, even, it was like, what like three, four thousand. This like, yeah. I mean, I was in the two thousand to, you know. And while while Garrett's looking, and that even up, Sundays, like Sundays, typically I only get like two thousand. I mean, it's kind of my day of rest. I I mean, nowadays I try to go to the gym still and get steps in just because, you know, I'm pushing hard to get where I really want to be. But yeah, you go back to February. Mm-hmm. I was getting a thousand, like sixteen hundred, to a peak of about forty nine hundred most days. And I want and, to explain. And I thought I was active. Like, yeah. And I really wasn't that active. And I want to explain why we set the floor at five thousand. Basically, when you like, I try to base everything off of legit science. Right. It, it makes sense to incorporate science since ultimately the the body is a a scientific machine when you consistently are below 5,000 steps a day it is correlated with some pretty bad health outcomes right when you are getting less than 5,000 steps a day you have higher incidence of heart disease higher incidence of diabetes higher incidence of obesity all of these things that we are really trying to avoid so that we don't end up in an, an early grave so when you can get above 5,000, not only do you get the additional kind of calorie burn associated with just moving more, but you're also getting out of that, I love that term danger zone of like, if I do this often, I am literally putting myself in a position to have an early heart attack, to have an early stroke, to increase my chance of diabetes and stuff like that. So like just setting these daily minimums that you can hit makes life a whole lot easier. And I think, you know, one of the big transitions um, that people make throughout the course of a journey like this, you know, instead of being like the gym is something that I'll only do when I have a lot of energy, like something I did the other day, like, and it might be for you too, and I know it is for John on the podcast last week, it's like the gym becomes your stress relief place. It becomes your place where like you leave feeling better than when you went in. Yeah. And the same with steps. On days where you only move 2,000 steps, like I, there's a couple of days I work from home and I am, I'm stuck on Zoom calls all week doing coaching calls or all day doing coaching calls. And like, I'll look and it's like, it's three o'clock and I've done 2,000 steps. And I'm like, I'm ready to murder someone or throw something at a wall. Yeah. And you need that, you need that activity, that, that movement just to make sure you don't go crazy. And if you've been living in a place where you're doing, when you're not moving, you're not exercising, once you get to the other side of that journey, once you get to the point where you're moving more, you're eating better, you'll look back and you'll be like, how the hell did I live like that? Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. And I, I want to further that. So like I, I hit on most days, no less than 8,000 steps. Sunday may be the exception. Um, and that just depends. And I'm, I'm listening to the aura ring a lot more because it tells me like, 
You know, like right now, I'm about to have emergency, or I might have a, a root canal next week. I'm fighting an infection. Ugh. My body temperature and stuff's a little bit off. I'm a little less rest, restful or rested than I should be. And it's telling me that my body is showing that. Mm-hmm. So even on antibiotics right now, like, you know, like it's, it's letting me know that. So there are certain days that I am taking it a little bit easier. But even prior to that, when I realized how sedentary the majority of my life was, the first few weeks, just worry about like learning the workouts because it sucks and I really hated this. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like, this is one of the worst parts. Sitting here on the gym because I felt like one of these jackasses that's just like playing on their phone, taking selfies in the gym and shit like that that I really can't stand. And, you know, sitting on a machine and it's phone. Well, I was sitting on here because I wanted to make sure I was doing my exercise right and I was mm-hmm. like looking at here. Because I wasn't used to the routine. Because sure. your routine is different than anything I've ever done because it's full body every day. Mm-hmm. It's full body. And, you know, we can go into that if you guys want. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll let Alex take the lead on that maybe in a minute. But I had to learn the routine. Once I knew what the routine was, then I didn't need my phone as much. I just had to remember to go in and plug in my sets yeah. and, like, do that or some days I didn't even worry about it like if I knew I did it then I knocked it off like you know if it's Thursday and I already did it I, I didn't like go up and wait a huge amount and like I need to worry about like knowing next time that you know I chest pressed 140 or you know whatever so, yeah. it was Let so me- I just I, I marked it as complete and did, you know I didn't become a stickler on that and there were certain things that I I mean you and I talked about this too. Like, there's some things I never did in the program. Like, I hate to admit that. I'm telling you that live <laughs> on the podcast. And it was mainly the ab exercises because I know at my age and core, like, I'm not trying to build my abs up or my core to like where they're like protruding or anything like that. Like, I'm not a bodybuilder. I get enough core and ab activation as it is. Now, for the first few weeks, I did it with all the stretches and everything. But, you know, like, we've got this, like, vibrating plate and stuff like that I warm up on. I did that for five minutes instead of jogging for five minutes. Sure. But where I did do things that, like, he didn't ask me to do was he did ask me to hit 8,000 steps a day. So when I realized what it took to get 8,000 steps, well, I got to where I knew my routine. I could go in, knock out my workout, 30 minutes 40 minutes max. Mm-hmm. And then what I did, even if it wasn't a cardio day, because like right now it's Monday, Tuesday lift, Wednesday cardio, Thursday, Friday lift, Saturday cardio, Sunday optional for me. So what I did do and implemented because I saw the the variance there was I was only hitting four or 5,000 steps in a day if I just went about my normal life and I lifted that day. Well, I knew that wasn't good. So at the end of my workout, I just went and walked on the treadmill. As boring as it is, I watched SportsCenter, listened to an audiobook, jammed out some tunes, whatever I was in the mood for that day. And I did no less than 20 minutes. Some days I did 45 minutes. Some days I did 30 minutes. But I just made sure I was getting those steps in so that you know, if it ended up being a great day, shit, I may have got 10,000, mm-hmm. 12,000 steps in. But I did that every day. And then on the cardio days, 
I knew at my weight and I knew my body enough to know that like I couldn't go jog for 30, 45 minutes straight. Like I would, I probably would have fucked my knees up. <laughs> I probably, you know, I'd have done something. So what I did do is resort back to something I was comfortable with. And I did like a mini hits thing where I walked at 3.3 to 3.8 miles per hour. I would do that for three minutes and then I would bump it up to five miles per hour and I would lightly jog for two minutes and then I'd turn it right back down. And I did that for 45 minutes to an hour on my cardio days. I've done that the entire eight weeks of this program and where it may have been, you know, jog for 30 minutes or row for 30 minutes or whatever for 30 minutes. I did that instead. I -hmm. felt like that was a good compromise. I was getting my heart rate up. I was sweating. I was staying in a comfort zone. And now I'm probably in the second half going to do some more mixing it up because I'm not as worried about my knees or my ankles because I've dropped 21 pounds. Which is a hell of a a difference. 21 pounds off of me is not as hard on the rest of my body now. And I want to jump in on a couple of things you said there. So, you know, you said, you know, we skip the ab stuff sometimes in the back half of the program. Mm-hmm. Though, you know, certain things were skipped. And I want to emphasize just how okay that is. Because one of the things I like to, to preach, I guess, is that imperfect action beats perfect inaction. All right, and I'm going to say that again. I may have said he this on the He says first. this a lot, like, even in the program and stuff. That's why I knew I could say this and get him to say this. Oh, yeah. This. It's, so... Doing something is better than nothing. And if you set this binary standard where like, I have to do exactly what Alex says, exactly how he said to do it, otherwise it's not doing it all. If you set yourself that binary standard, eventually your default setting will be, I can't do it, so I won't do it. Well, and there was a time period too, when we went from week four to week five, where you changed up our workouts, one of the things, and you know, you and I didn't have a call for two weeks mm-hmm. in that time period, but you were cool with it the minute I talked to you about it, is you had goblet squats on there. Yeah, and, you're not a fan. And I'm not a fan. Uh, I'm absolutely not a fan. I'd rather do lunges. For those of you that work out, I'd rather do lunges. Which is weird, effing by the way. goblet squats. Yeah, I'm like, the opposite. I can't I, do I'll lunges. do lunges over goblet squats. So... Again, I made a decision because, like, I did it that day. It, it made my muscles feel weird. I was too tight in my hip flexors or something. And I, I, I felt like, hey, this just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. So all I did was he wanted me to target that muscle. I went and did something else that still achieved that. I did not do it. I didn't do his exercise, but I did the exercise for that muscle. And that is a perfect example. And we didn't have that conversation for two weeks. Yeah, no, we didn't. And you're like, hey, man, that's cool. If you don't like that or that makes you feel weird, I definitely don't want you doing that. Yeah. Like, I can give you 10 other things to do. I can even give you shit to do with just your body weight that I'm perfectly happy with you doing instead of that. Like, some of this, know your own body. Like, if something doesn't feel right or you're not... Maybe you don't just don't feel like you're executing it right. Just go execute what you know will still do that same body part and then have the conversation with Alex and be like, hey, bro, today I was in the gym and, you know, any good coach 
is going to help you work through that. It's not a absolutely do my program or you're not going to succeed. You know, like it's a have a conversation. Like people need to realize like, yes, you have a program and the program works and you need to follow it as much as you humanly possibly can. But if there are little things that are hanging you up or whatever, have a conversation about it because there's a lot of options when it comes to fitness. Absolutely. And, and I think what people can sometimes get hung up on is, you know, if I'm not doing it the coach's way, then it's the wrong way. Absolutely not. Like a coach knows what they know, but you know your body the best. Yeah. And if a coach, a sign of a bad coach is not being able to adapt because there are some people that squats just don't work for. Yeah. You might be one of them. Typically it's people with really long femurs, really long upper leg bones compared to their, um, to compared to other body parts. And like biomechanically squats are not a good idea for those people because it just doesn't feel good. Do and a leg press. <laughs> you can do like leg press, you can do lunges, you can do uh, lateral lunges, you can do extensions, leg curls. There are so many options and your coach should be able to adapt that around you. And I, I want to revisit a point actually, Garrett, about how, yeah. you know, why we do full body exercise inside Whiskey Weight Loss. I think this is important too. Compared yeah. to chest day, back and biceps, legs and shoulders, ab day. So yeah. there is nothing, I want to sp- like stress I was this. a shitty client in this too, because I fought him on this the whole fucking time. Just so y'all know, he can go ahead and say it. I fought him on this. The absolute whole time, because I was like, I'm bored with this workout. This is, you know, like, man, I really want to feel like I roasted something today. And he's like, did that work for you before? You know, like, in the most polite Alex way. And I, I, I was I'm like, gonna, I'm going to say this. Again, did, I stayed with it. And you I was did, like, and I, I appreciate that. Garrett was a very rewarding client, only from this, from the notion that when I finally got him to see it my way, it was very satisfying. Yeah. Um, but the reason, <laughs> the reason we do full body workouts inside Whiskey Weight Loss is not because full body workouts are magic and significantly better than chest day, back day, arm day, leg day. It's more of a logistical thing. So if you have, you know, let, let's say you have a five day split, right? You have chest day, back day, shoulder day, leg day, and then like arms and abs. You could even do a four-day split and do chest and tries, back and buys, uh, legs, shoulders, shoulders yeah. whatever it is, right? Life happens. And I think we forget this. Kids get sick. Work gets crazy. You go on vacation. Uh, go out of town for business. Go out of town for business. That's a great one. It's like, okay, um, I'm out of town Monday, so I skip chest day. All right? That means I didn't work my chest from the Monday before to the Monday after. That's 14 days where you don't stimulate your chest muscles, right? And you can only get so much from one workout. I've, it, it, scientifically, it's around eight sets per muscle group completely maxes out the growth response for that muscle group. So if you do four sets of bench press and four sets of cable flies, Doing more than that will not grow your chest anymore. Now, we don't do that. We do three to four sets per muscle group, but we do that, you know, four, 
three, four, maybe five times a week, depending on the person. So when you add that up, right, three plus three plus three plus three, that is 12 sets per muscle group spaced out. To me, that is a hell of a lot better than 12 sets it of works. chest on one day, right? Typical chest workout might be flat bench press, flat flies, incline dumbbell press, push-ups, right? That could be a typical chest day. If you space that out over the four days, A, you're more flexible, B, you have better recovery because you're not crying about how sore your chest is, but there's also actually an effectiveness part about this to where when you're a beginner lifter, a workout will stimulate your muscles for about 48 hours. Once you're an advanced lifter, which you know is, is more about experience level, which I definitely put Garrett in this, this group, really you're only getting a growth response in your muscle for about 24 hours. So if you blast the crap out of your chest on Monday, right? Your, your, your chest is singing, right? It's growing for 24 hours, maximally so. And then you get a week with no chest growth. Whereas if you do half as much volume, but you do it four times, then you are going to get a greater overall growth response. Now, this is a little bit nerdy, and I'm sorry if I lost anyone along the way. No, that's crucial. Yeah, basically doing half as much or even a third as much as you would normally do, but doing it three to four times a week is just as good, if not better, from a muscle growth point of view. It fits better logistically, and you are still sore in the case in the case of like I felt my muscles work, but I'm not so sore that my you know I can't sit down to take a shit because my legs hurt. So and bad. then when you realize that like okay I'm back into decent shape, I still wouldn't say great shape, but like I'm back into decent shape. I didn't injure myself in eight weeks. I didn't do anything crazy. I was never so sore that I couldn't do anything else I wanted to do in those eight weeks. I still played golf and all these other things mm-hmm. that I do. So that was a huge win. But I also didn't like not put on huge gains. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, lo and behold, now I'm in the next program to get me through about another eight weeks because I'm still a little ways off from where I really wanted to be. And we're working on that. And you know, I did bitch about this the entire time and drive him absolutely crazy. And he had to remind me and, you know, coach me through a lot of that. But now we're also doing drop sets. And guess what? Drop sets are kicking my ass, like, royally, like, roast me. What and is he was a drop like, set, Garrick? Explain to the people what a drop okay, set Okay, so, is. like, today I had to do incline chest presses. So I did them on the machine where you have to load plates like a bench press so i put a 45 and a 25 on each side knocked out i think the first set i knocked out 12 and then i immediately took the 25s off and just had the 45s on and i I knocked out till failure which i think the first time i got 10 or 12 Mm -hmm. then second and third set that drastically drops down you know and you find happy mediums of weight there but like I felt the best pump, mm-hmm. the best, like, everything in a long time. And, you know, in Alex's defense, too, he also said, like, okay, if you're going to keep being this dickhead and hounding me through throughout this. Not my exact phrasing, but Not his exact. He used some other, fam- uh, you know, more favorable English word that I wish I could remember right now. 
probably called me a wanker or something, you know, but in my head. Yeah. And he, uh, but he was like, okay, so if you really want me to, and you don't, if drop sets, he's like, let's try drop sets for a couple weeks to see how you do on that. Cause I, uh, again, remember I've also been in a weird plateau where I'm getting great measurements, weight still kind of sticking a little bit here and there. And that's just part of the thing. And mentally, he's coaching me through that. So he was like, let's do the drop sets for a couple weeks, reevaluate. But if you're still hung up on the fact that you want to roast a body part throughout the week, he's like, I'll add one exercise at the end of each one that like maybe Monday's chest. So I'll give you some crazy ass pushups to do. And then on the next day, I'll throw, you know, dumbbell lateral raises in or something for your shoulders or, you know, whatever, and let you do one extra set just so you're still doing it. But we're still doing full body every day. And I'm really glad that he consistently coached me that because it's really hard. That might be harder than the soda losing four to seven pounds thing for me, actually, honestly, is... You know, growing up, from the time I was 16 to 39, 40, I was always trying to put on weight or tone. Mm -hmm. And every trainer that I worked out with in that 20-something year span, everything was broken down into body parts. Mm -hmm. And I did that on a day-to-day basis. Not Not that from the beginning I haven't completely understood your logic and what you just explained to everybody in that it's better to hit your whole body throughout the week and have continued growth. Not that that does not make complete sense and has from the beginning, but to get out of my head that I should be more sore, that I should be roasting something every day. Actually, while I'm sitting here talking about it, thinking about it, is probably harder than any of the other stuff we've talked about. I mean, dude. Any- because I'm so ingrained in that that, yeah. you know, before it was always, I was the super skinny guy. I mean, I didn't break 120 pounds until I was in my early 20s. Yeah. At six foot tall. So, like, everything was about consuming calories and trying to, you know, lift as heavy as I could to put on size. That always broke down into just roasting a body part so that's probably been the a harder thing mentally thing. for me when i actually think about it so that, that, that's about. that's thank you for sharing that one, one of the really i think interesting things to pull from that is that i think this again reinforces the idea of having someone external to coach see you. the objectiveness right yeah. and go through okay, like, I've been doing this thing for 20 years. By the way, is that working? Yeah. Because you never ask yourself that, right? You never ask if your current pattern of behavior is serving you. It's not a, like, that's a really difficult thing to self-evaluate well. Yeah. So I think having that, having an external um, thing is, is, is so important. And, you know, I want to I say this too, like, coaches have coaches as well and if your if your coach doesn't have a coach i would maybe question them why but like when i've wanted to make big physical transformations i hired a coach um because you need that external person and then when i want to make big business changes i hire a coach we've already talked about mental health yeah. when you want to make a big mental health change 
you hire a coach, you hire a counselor, a therapist, whatever it is. When you want to make a big relationship change in terms of how you both approach a relationship, you know, often people go to, to counseling together. So like, I, I think that just reinforces it, but I appreciate you sharing like how much that was kind of deeply embedded. And, uh, and then to, to jump off of that, like the, the physiology for any people who are kind of nerdy about this, muscle soreness is not really related to muscle growth. Muscle soreness is actually a product of your immune system. One of the old school things that I cringe when I hear, and, and Biz, you, you were really big into lifting. Tell me, you know, did you hear the whole lactic acid causes soreness thing? Yep. 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 It's not related at all. Like, not even close. And I don't know why it propagated so much, but... Yeah, sports. Yeah, sports. Um, high school coaches. But basically, once you stop feeling the burning sensation in your muscle, within a very short period of time, the lactic acid has been removed from your system. All right? When do you feel soreness? One day, two days is normally when it peaks. Yeah. When, you, when you look at the time course of those things, right? Lactic acid is gone within a few minutes of exercise being over, but you don't get sore for one to two days. That math doesn't add up. And we, we studied this in, in college, actually, both in my undergrad and, and my master's degree in exercise physiology. It's actually an immune response. So when you exercise, you are breaking down muscle fibers. And then your body has to go in and basically, you know, clear the debris. If exercise is like taking a wrecking ball to your muscle, well, you've got to have a construction crew go in and clean away the crap before you can build something new. And that is all done by the immune response. And then that is what makes you feel sore. It is the immune cells or the immune system going in, clearing away the broken down muscle tissue. That process is what manifests as sore muscles. Nothing to do with lactic acid at all. So what we've basically done is we've, over decades, we've associated feeling really sore with building muscle. And they kind of happen the same. Like if you are working hard enough to create a massive immune response, you are probably working hard enough to build muscle. But you don't have to feel sore to build muscle. They just happen together at the same time for a lot of people. And then you get the really jacked guys in the gym, right? I, dude, I, it was a funny story. I, I recently signed up to Cowboys Fit Plano because it is two minutes away from my house. I know the old sales manager, I was able to get a good rate and I was like, cool, Mondays and Fridays, like I work from home, like let's go work out at like 7 a.m. Within 30 minutes of me being in the gym, bear in mind, this is a brand new gym. And a guy comes up to me and is like, dude, how, do, how did you get big arms? And I'm like, I, you can't, this, this you know, just kind of shocked me. I was like, why can't I just work out in peace? In the end, the dude was lovely. We exchanged numbers. We're probably going to meet up for like whiskey and I'll tell him how to get jacked. But it was just this like, you ask the jacked guy at the gym, right? That's where a lot of people get their information from. And the jacked guy at the gym was probably told by his high school coach 10 to 20 years ago that you hammer one muscle group, you make it sore, and then you get big. And we never took it one step further to be like, maybe the jacked guy at the gym got big, but not because of the things that he says he's doing. Mm -hmm. Also, he might be taking juice in the bathroom. We don't mm -hmm. know. That but, part. Yeah, like... 
by the way, if, if you look at any Hollywood celebrity, they will never admit it, but the guys that are really jacked in the Marvel movies, 90% of them are probably on some kind Ain't of Ain't no way on God's green earth that one of my favorite dudes, The Rock, Ain't roided out. He, if dude, you looked he, at him back in the day, lean and skinny. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's not even do that. For go back sure. to go back to Rocky three and Rocky four. Uh huh. You can't tell me them dudes didn't juice until. No, oh. they all talked to Arnold. What's <laughs> up? There's a guy I follow called Cali Muscle, and Cali yeah, Muscle. Yeah, I was remember that guy. Huge, huge juice. If you look at him now. He looks like he caught the AIDS, but oh. he's no, he's fine. He had to had a had some health problems, uh-huh. and I just watched him on TikTok the other night, and he says, "If I was to go back in time, the one thing I would not have done was been on that juice. Mm-hmm. I would have tried to been natty with it, natural with yeah. it, because of all the things that happened. If you remember the famous uh, wrestler, who was the wrestler that had roid rage." And killed his family. Benoit. Yeah, you go. Oh, Chris shit. Benoit. I remember that guy. Yeah. He was like my favorite wrestler was a the kid. The ultimate warrior. Look yeah. at all these dudes. I don't get, man, don't nobody get like that, stay like that if they're not juicing. No. And Dude, this is actually a fun, a fun, but not you fun, can get like where a, you want to get, like, and be really happy with your body without doing all that shit. Oh, yeah. So all those I mean, guys like, are in industries that count on vanity and, and looks. Yeah, and That's I, I, like, what he it is. He jokes to me, like, he saw me and my wife at a chili cook-off recently, and he's like, your arms as big as mine yet? You know, like, <laughs> joking with me and stuff. Like, like, I mean, like, he's, if my doctor told me where I needed to be, and I'm six foot tall, you're an inch taller than me, would tell me I need to be around 185. They would actually tell me between 165 and 185, I would look horrible at 165. 165 is... That's, that's just brutal. Like, that, that's not right. But I've now come to the terms that, like, I'm at 220. We'll just call it 220 right now. Somewhere around 205, between 195 and 205 is going to be my happy place. And that's, that's what we're nice. working towards right now. And... You know, I will have Alex back on. He'll be the first three-peat. I think he's the first two-peat right now. But Dude, I'll take he'll it. be the first three-peat when I get back from my trip in late May um, after we uh, finish this journey because I'm already happy. You know, I hosted some clients and some good friends this last weekend. First time the wife and I had people over that got in the hot tub with us. And for the first time in a long time, I was not embarrassed to take my shirt off. I mean, like, it felt good. Like, I was just like, am I where I want to be? No. But you know what? I'm not ashamed or embarrassed or, you know, anything like that. So, like, I know that's coming. It keeps me motivated. I highly suggest people that you find you a coach. I mean, I've had lots of coaches and I can honestly say, and I hope I don't hurt anybody's feelings that is watching this or watches it later. Alex coaching has done more for me than any other coaching that I've ever had. And I, you know, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, man. And I truly appreciate it. I know I've been a pain in the ass. I know I've been difficult. I know I've not been easy, you? but you've handled, it. Ass. you've handled it with grace, man. And you've been super encouraging and you found ways to like still get your point across and give a little to and be like, Hey, okay. If you really like this, 
then like fine let me you know we just talked about that before i did the second program you know you had like a extra 30 minute call with me you know just out of the goodness of your heart and you know just to like hey all right so what didn't you like like tell me the exercise you didn't like tell me what other ones you really like doing and i'll i'll find a way to implement that into your program and like we'll we'll modify a little bit like yours is not going to be the same you know like we'll, we'll do that like we can we can make it because you do at the end of the day have to enjoy it at some point and you know like you're going to find joy as you go through the journey and the progress. Like the journey is the fun, like getting there and, and seeing it like waking up and taking your shirt off or not having a shirt on and like going in and being mm-hmm. like, Oh shit. Like I dropped a level, like a level yep. fell off. Like the scale ain't saying it yet, but like, you know, seeing those things and people telling you and encouraging you and doing things like that. Like it's super important. So like, Put good people around you. Find you a good coach. Again, I'm going to say this again. Alex won't say it, but, like, I paid three times as much for the soda program as I paid for Alex's. I'm just saying, like, I'm doing the second program, and I still haven't spent as much as I spent on the first program. Like, maybe he needs to raise his prices. I'm not going to do that to y'all and promote that. But, you know... If you guys want a good group thing that is still very personalized, where he puts you in a community of people that will uplift you, support you, help you along the journey, give you other good ideas. I mean, like I said again in Forest, like that dude's a maniac making food on the weekends and like has a bunch of little kids and stuff. Like I don't even have kids, and I was like, shit, how's he doing all this? Like I'm watching his like little like feed and like looking at it like all right, cool, I can adopt mine, this. And I was like, man, I'm probably putting, I'm using too much. Like, man, man I'm putting too many calories in this. So, you know, I, I've trimmed it down and, like, become more of a creature, a habit where my diet stays pretty consistent now. But I still have fun. I still go out. I still entertain. I go out with clients. My wife and I entertain. I still eat real damn good. I'll tell you, pay attention to your steaks and shit. Like, (laughs) Wagyu, yes, it's good. It tastes great, but probably fat-wise and caloric-wise, not your greatest choice. Eat a little more ribeye or flank steak or something else versus just having that. So I just want to throw all that out there. If you guys have questions and stuff like that, please put them in the notes. Send us your questions. Alex is available on here. Hit him up. Ask him about his program. I'm sure any of y'all that hit him up and mentioned this podcast, he's going to hook you up with a really good deal if you guys want to join his program. Um, I will have him back on. We will do another show like this when I finish the next eight weeks, and that will show you guys a full 16-week process of doing this. And as you guys see, I'm still living my life. He's teaching me ways to make modifications within that and not be fucking miserable. So to me, that's worth everything right there. Um, I can't even begin to explain. I mean, two hours I had, I feel like there's still so much more we could have touched on and we didn't, but we'll get there. But send us your guys' questions. I am going to be gone for two weeks, so no podcast for two weeks. And if you guys heard the end of the last one, I teased about the new podcast that we're working on May 8th. Y'all tune in to Common Sense, the podcast, and my live channel. 
We're going to be doing, Biz and I are testing out some stuff. We're going to be going live May 8th. I dropped a teaser. You finally know who the band is. It's my buddies that, uh, in Mockingbird. This isn't full on everything what it's going to be, but they were gracious enough to give us their time, do a show, and we're going to have a little mini show, a podcast. We're going to drop all that May 8th, sometimes starting around, I'm going to say 6.30, 6.45 Central Standard Time. You guys enjoy that. It'll be some great live music. Great podcast with the band. The band members are super dope, cool people, down to earth. Y'all will enjoy rapping with them. And then May 9th, we'll be back with a vengeance and doing this. I'm not going to say that. Let me see here. Let me see here. Because next week, if I have that root canal, I'm not, I'm not going live. I'm not talking. Y'all don't want to hear me talk drugged up. I'll probably just go berserk and talk all kinds of crazy shit. But um, May 9th, we'll be back live. May the 2nd, I'm going to be traveling, but I will be in Kentucky. I may go live for a little bit. I have a client I'm going to be visiting, and he likes to talk, and him and I like to drink bourbon. It's likely you guys might get a random live podcast, but no promises. But Alex, thank you so much, my friend. I can't thank you enough for what you've helped me do and get back on this journey. And I look forward to what else is coming, man. Hell yeah, man. This, this has been such a blast to go through this with you. This podcast has been so much fun. Um, I can't thank you enough for having me on and, and just exploring the, the journey with you and um, you know, when when our professional relationship ends, I'm I'm really excited to uh, continue our, our personal relationship. You know, yeah, I, uh, absolutely. I can't wait to see what you guys do with this podcast and, and keep it running. Absolutely. So yeah, give whiskey weight loss a shot. Hit my boy up. Talk to him. He'll hook you up. I mean, y'all go look at the pictures. I mean, 21 pounds, five inches off your waist. That's like at least a jean size or two down. So, I mean, like I'm getting to wear old jeans that were like my favorite jeans that I now get to bring out of the closet again. Like they're awesome. It's, it's greatness. T-shirts fit way better. It's fun being able to get into a large and not an extra large. Just saying. So hit them up. Take a look at it. I thank every one of you for listening and following a podcast. Give it a like, share if you guys enjoyed this. And until May 8th, y'all have a good one. Be safe out there.